to Sanctuary First Podcast, The Late Show, and I'm telling you we've got a fantastic show for everyone tonight. I'm really looking forward to it. We're going to be thinking about art, we're going to think about place, and we're going to be thinking about community. And we have with us the usual brilliant panel of Laura Dagan. Hello! And of course, the Doc's with us again tonight. Hey guys! And quietly in the background, a big thank you to Ray Manger, who's keeping us all in order technically. And if she doesn't like what we're going to say, she'll just edit it out with the, <laughs> when she's in the editing room. But listen, we've got some great guests with us tonight, and we want to especially welcome uh, John Morrison, who's with us, or who's known as Jolomo, who is a well-known Scottish artist, and I believe also a lay reader within the Kirk. Is that right? Yep. There you go. So there you go. We've got we've got John with us tonight. We also have Ken McKenzie, who's no a stranger to us. Ken has been part of Sanctuary First in a number of occasions. And Ken, as you know, is the minister up in Braemar and Crathy. Welcome to you, Ken. Thanks, Albert. Glad to be here. And we've got with us Angus Matheson, the quiet man of Sanctuary First. Because when we were <laughs> trying to keep Sanctuary First on the road, Matheson was the one that quietly was there batting for us and making sure that a little bit of funding came our way to keep the whole show on the road. So it's a, we've got to kind of do a little bit of bowing to Angus and thank him for all his work and his support over the years. Great to have you with us, Angus. But the reason why we've got Angus here is that Angus is also a member of the Iona community. And as we are trying in some way in Sanctuary First to build a community, here, Angus is part of the Iona community, and there is going to be a link between Iona and this cold discussion this night. But I'm going to leave it over to Laura now to just unpack that. Where is it going? Oh, yes. Well, we've, uh, I understand that, um, that Ken and John have uh, collaborated on a book. Is that um, is my thinking correct? That that is that is right. It, it was John uh, is as has been said already. Someone who who uh, as well as being such a, a well known artist is is somebody who's preached generally around the the, the west coast and Argyll and that sort of area, but uh, up in the up in the hills here, as far away from the sea as you can get in Scotland. I had John come and preach a couple of times up here, and he—he it, it, he, uh, it was just great to have him. And uh, he, when the, the Sundays that he was here, in both occasions, we had a local fiddler and composer playing in the church service, Paul Anderson. It's—it's uh, it's, uh, both both of these guys were, I think, John came to speak about art and the, the, the how how art and faith work together. And uh, it was really well received and it made a big impact on Paul, Paul Anderson. And mm -hmm. afterwards, Paul said to me, do you think John, uh, he said, Dr. John, because John's doctor. Paul has subsequently become a doctor himself, been given a, a, a doctorate from recently for, for, for his services to music. Paul asked, would uh, Dr. John Jolomo, would he, would he do something with me, you know, in, uh, up in the hills? And I said, he might, doing something about spirituality of place which is a, a big thing we've got going in, in our area. I mean, so many people come to our community looking for, looking for recreation. And uh, we have this long, and as 
and many people do themselves would meet they would have an opportunity to engage with not just with creation but with the and recreation but with have an encounter with the the creator in some way and that's how it all started and and it, it grew arms and legs mm -hmm. uh, so what is um and so can you tell can you tell the the listeners and the viewers about the book the, the book is called uh, the book is called in the footsteps of Colm Keel and it it started out we were going to do something very much local we were going to do something on one of the mountains here a mountain that's got the name of a loch Loch Nagar and John was going to paint and Paul was going to write another tune and uh, in the end we decided as as this thing took wings we, we decided that we would go to Iona because John had been there often and spoke about it a lot. Paul had been to the islands as well. And we thought, we'll just go to Iona. And uh, we thought then we'll, we'll pull in a, a, somebody who, who's good with words. And we, we went with a, an Irish poet and uh, Francie, Francie Devine. And it has been a, a wonderful collaboration. It took a bit longer than we expected because lockdown hit us. But mm -hmm. we, we, uh, we, 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 uh, we for more or less two and a half years we're working on this project yeah. and it's just a beautiful it was just it's just been a, a joy for me to be involved with with these three wonderful wonderful just brilliant in their own in their own areas and the kind of way they collaborated together was just just beautiful uh john how was how how was how did um iona um inspire you and and how did the how did the others the other artists you know the, um, the writer and the musician how did how did that um, how did that feel the collaboration? My family are from Harris, so I'm not a herach myself, uh, but my dad was a herach and my brother was a herach. Uh, they're all gone now, but uh, uh, they're both murder Morrisons, and. We used to go up to Harris quite a lot, uh, and we have relatives all over the Outer Hebrides. And when I became famous, <laughs> famous artist, everybody in the Hebrides knows me now. <laughs> and they all say, oh, I'm a cousin 20 times removed. <laughs> anyway, um, just to cut a long story short, I, I, there's a dog coming in, go away, dog. <laughs> I... I went to Iona probably about 61, 62. For the first time, my, my parents took me there because we were on, we're on our way to Skye and, and to Harris. We did that a few times uh, uh, and it wasn't a, a Calmac ferry. It was, a, it was just a big, a big boat with a Turner engine in it, uh, an, open, an open thing. And uh, Angus and Dan McKechnie, I think 1966, was at the, the main time when I, I started drawing Iona. And uh, Dan and Angus uh, took, took me over with my, my dad and I, I, we spent a, a good time on Iona and I just got it into my, my psyche. Uh -huh. This is the most wonderful place. Now, I would only be about maybe 15, 16. And I just, I mean, I was quite spiritual at that point. And of course, when you're young like that, you take it all in and I was just blown over by Iona I could feel the, I could feel God there I could feel mm -hmm. the spirit there uh, the Holy Spirit was definitely there and it just it just 
Not me for six. Absolutely mm-hmm. not me for six. And since then, I have not been able to get away from painting Iona. And I keep painting it and painting it and painting it. And uh, I'll be boring people with Iona, <laughs> but hopefully not. <laughs> so oh. that's, that's, and, and then I, I, ex- I expressed that to, to Ken, uh, uh-huh. to Paul, and then eventually to, to, to uh, uh, the, the, the great poet, <laughs> as I call uh-huh. it. <laughs> uh, and we all just melded together. Uh-huh. I mean, it was just wonderful. And I did quite a lot of uh, uh, paintings of Iona before, uh, you know, before everything was done. But I also was doing things from uh, Paul's music and also from uh, from the poets' uh, poems as well, because uh, the, mm-hmm. poet, the poems were just wonderful. But it was quite good. I had, I had quite a few paintings that just fitted, you know, and I'd been doing in the previous mm-hmm. sort of two and a half years, as Ken, Ken was saying. But I think I did maybe several hundred paintings uh, for it, but we only used, I don't know, 30, Ken, I can't remember. Something like that. John, do you think, if when it comes to music, do you think there are um, certain feelings or chords in music that, that draw out certain colours in your when you're painting? That oh, definitely. Yes. Do you think so? Oh yeah, yeah. And 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 poetry as well. You know, the, the uh, you know, you could say 
that poem has a lot of yellow in it. <laughs> I mean, I, I, that's the way I look at it, you know, or mm -hmm. blue. I, 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 my favourite colour is blue. And of course, it's a, it's a very interesting colour to do with uh, spirituality, uh, along with purple, but then purple comes out of blue. Uh, but uh, blue is, is very, very, very close to my heart. And most of my paintings have got blue in it. In fact, I was looking at one the other day uh, and I was expressing to somebody that uh, there's actually seven different blues in it. Um, and it just, just seems to bring out something in people. It's a kind of spiritual sort of thing. Mm. Uh, and that, I think I associate different colours with, with different keys and notes in music. I'm not a musician, but I love music. I've always loved music. And uh, it can be any kind of music. It can be, it can be modern music, you know, pop music, or it can be, you know, uh, highfalutin stuff, you know, <laughs> whatever. John, I sometimes think that, like, music and, and art and poetry and writing, uh, it's where the, the creator kind of reaches out and touches yeah, yeah. reality. Now, I'm going to ask you something. It, it's, is it true that when you start off a painting, um, you start off with a cross, and I think Cross is blue, is that right? Yep. And then, then a circle. Tell me about that because that feels to me like that's the beginning of the creator spirit touching your heart. Am I right about that? Yep. Um, Van Gogh had this thing about the the blank canvas. You'll you'll know you'll know that you'll have heard that the blank canvas. He was scared of the blank canvas, and he had to start working on the canvas as quickly as possible to get rid of that blankness. And I don't, I'm not scared of a canvas. Not one bit am I scared of a canvas. But what I do is I don't like the, the whiteness because it makes the, I use high key color and the high key color uh, can be made even higher if you go onto white. And I don't want it to be too garish. So I put a blue across it. But what I do is I start off by just, you know, putting on some blue, but I, I just like to do a cross on it. And I've been doing it for, I don't know, 25 years or whatever. And uh, one thing that I really love is the fact that God encircles us. You, you'll, know the, you'll know the verses. We're encircled by our Lord. And uh, circles to me, it's quite Celtic as well. Um, I do that on the on the canvas as well. But I often, and I, I point it out to some people, but they don't get it sometimes. They're not you know, sort of religious at all. But I'll say to them, if you look at my painting, the painting's got a, a, a circle in it. You'll see it. And, you know, the, the corners are all uh, there, but the, 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 this circle, it's just, the, just putting the, the colour on a certain way and the composition a certain way. People don't see it. If you point it out, they go, oh, I see it now. And uh, one of the paintings, uh, but the, the one that I, I'm thinking of, of Iona, with, with this circular thing, uh, it was it just, to me, that is my favourite, favourite verse in the Bible and scripture that uh, God encircles us and he keeps us. There, he, there it is there. <laughs> there it is there. I like the globe. Right, oh. you can see it there. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. It's really, it's really alive, isn't it? Yeah. Really alive. 
that's beautiful. Absolutely wonderful. John, can I ask you how much, I, I know sometimes when, when I make music and, and I'm sure your, your, uh, your composer guy would feel the same way, that there's that moment of, of inspiration and almost prayer and meditation. Yeah. And then the, the perspiration bit comes in to present it to the public, if yeah. you will. Yeah. John, how much of what you do is infused with that sense of meditation? And oh, oh, quite a lot, yeah. I mean, before I, pay, before I paint, I pray. And while I'm painting, I'm praying the Holy Spirit will lead me down a certain path. And that's, that's how I work. And you can call it serendipity if you want, but there's things that happen and I go, oh my goodness, where did that come from? And I start going, no, <laughs> you're doing the same. Absolutely, because I completely recognise what you're saying. Yeah. You'll be doing something and suddenly, boom, it's yep. a surprise. Yep. But oh, there's other times, there's other times you get an idea and it's working, but it just seems to not get a lot, you know, you have to, you have to really get a whip out and <laughs> <laughs> Here's the killer thing. Not only are you a painter, but you're a preacher. Uh -huh. Now, here's the interesting thing. When you preach, is there not the same encounter with the Spirit of God yeah. when you leave yourself open, the blank yeah. canvas? You know, yeah. if, if you stick to your script all the time, yeah, yeah, yeah. you will miss yeah. out on something wonderful. Yeah. So, no, I, I, I do have my notes, uh, I have a, you know, a, a plan. But uh, as I do it, uh, and people say to me, "Oh, that's the bit you you were you were you were had ad hoc," you know, because people realise that you're you're really passionate about it. <laughs> so it's quite good. Yeah, but it's, it's it's all the same thing. I mean, you know, preaching and you know all that sort of thing, and music and and uh, you know poetry. I think you know art and everything. It all comes together. It's all. Yeah. It's all working in the same sort of way, and that's the lovely thing about Iona. You can pull all that together uh, in in that place, <laughs> which is which is really nice. Which leads me into the next bit. But I'm going to use you, Angus, as I kind of link into all of this because you also are a preacher, but you're also a liturgist, and you're interested in liturgy and bringing things together so that people can worship in a creative way, and that's one of one of one of your interests. So you know. The place that you have spent a lot of time in Iona, eh, how important is that place to help you in, in, in listening to what John has been saying and also Ian? How is that, does that resonate? Does the place help you in, in creating liturgy and writing and reflecting? Absolutely. It was really quite funny listening to John talking about going to Iona for the first time in 1961 or 62. I was born in 1961. So <laughs> um, that, brought a, that brought a smile to my face and the mention of the red lifeboats as well. Um, but Iona is very much part of who I am, who I am in ministry, who I am as a person who I am as a human being, who I am as somebody that seeks to craft worship. And um, I feel a wee bit out of sorts. I've not been in a pulpit since the middle of January, but that's just by the by. Well, we but, can get you back into a pulpit here in Sanctuary first. Any yeah. Sunday, Angus, you're, you're welcome. There's always yeah. a space for you. You've walked right into that one, sir. That's not oh, bad. <laughs> so I just walked straight in there. <laughs> so... 
But it is very important. The first time I went to Iona was 1982, and it was for a couple of days in Holy Week in 1982, and it's stuck in my mind ever since. 40 years ago, uh, it's one of, one of George McLeod's old sayings, George was the founder of the Iona community, and he used to say, if you believe in coincidence, I hope you have a very boring life. <laughs> um, it's quite ironic that we're having this conversation 40 years on from just after Easter from my first visit to Iona. And that was a really incredibly meaningful experience in the old youth camp up the hill. Uh, no more, uh, no more these last 36 years. But it was, Iona is very much central to who I am as a person. The liturgies that have come out using the stuff that John Bell has prepared. Yeah. Harking back to some of the writings, the books that George McLeod had written too, some of the other folk in the Iona community. Uh, Ralph Morton, a brilliant book called The Household of Faith about how we actually share things in common, how we hold things in common. But George's prayers as well are something that I turn to again when I'm struggling to think about what to say for office prayers Tuesday to Friday or when I'm out and about on a Sunday uh, in a kind of peripatetic way. And experiencing worship in the Abbey on Iona is a wonderful experience and it's been transformational for me in my life, both helping to create, craft and lead worship in the Abbey, sitting in the Abbey when the Abbey's full, when you've got the members of the community in full flight singing St. Patrick's Breastplate with all the harmonies. <laughs> uh, those are mystical experiences. And it was George McLeod again that said it's a place where it's a very thin tissue which separates the spiritual from the material. So I think I've rambled on. I could run, I could witter on forever. It's a place right. that, um, it's, uh, it, it's a place that really inspires. I think people like even like people like with Christianity, because like I'm part of an Abrahamic group, and I've actually never been to Iona. And I'm really wanting to go. And I was supposed to go. We were supposed to go with our Abrahamic group um, because the, the Muslim ladies had been before and they loved it. They just loved it. And that they could feel, you know, that, that it was a thin place, you know, that there was something really special about Iona. So what is it just now? Here's an interesting thing. I want you to tease into this whole area. What is it about people are searching for peace in a busy, crowded world and there's a whole interest in pilgrimage, even now, you mm -hmm. know, becoming mainstream television that, yeah. you know, that, 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 that people are going on pilgrimages in search of stuff. And uh, is there something more than that, that we can be thinking about? in this whole area of pilgrimage and searching for peace and highlighting places like Iona but are there other places you know like and again, other places that, that have got something to say uh -huh, because place, then, place is important because mm -hmm. I, I think, think up north there'd be lots of places as well wouldn't there there are a whole yeah. range of places that are significant in pilgrimage you know I was looking and reading about the kind of pilgrimage and mainland Orkney, for instance, that's just been put together up there. Uh, there are still people who take off their shoes and journey barefoot across the causeway to Lindisfarne, to Holy Island. Yeah. Uh, and all the, the border abbeys, they're still very much places of pilgrimage. Uh, so I, I think people are yearning for 
pilgrimage, a sense of affirming the journey that they're on, even if they might not know where it eventually is going to lead to. They're just yearning for some something to make sense of where they are in their life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Some, some people, it's not even that you start off and necessarily with the idea that you're going to go on a pilgrimage that's going to take so long and it's go, going to go from here to there. But there are, there are, all of my life I've come across people who have who have known of places or, or, or have come across places that have become important to them and they go back again and again. And I mean, I, I was I was brought up in the in the Highlands, as you can probably hear, and I, I was a farmer in a previous life. And I remember one time uh, around this time of year, it was it was the lambing was just about finished, and it was one of these really early morning things. I was out wondering why I was having to get up so early. I was out beautiful, beautiful morning at the end of April, and I came round the corner of a, of a I came out from one field to another place, and there was a there was an old broken down building that I'd always sort of liked, you know, just the way it was just the situated, it was just a beautiful spot. And it was sunshine, on, and but sunshine was only on one side. And I came round the corner of the building, and there was a guy sitting there, just sort of cross-legged. Not, uh, and I, I never seen him before, a young, young fellow. And I, I spoke to him, and uh, asked him what he was doing because I'd never met anybody out that way before. And he said to me, "Well, I'm just thinking." So I went off for a while, and I thought, "I better go back and see what this guy's thinking about." And it turns out that he was a, a young man who, who. Uh, well, like myself, I was, we were basically the same age. And he was had, had come to this place t- whenever he needed to think about his future. He was, he was a young chap who was having a sense of call. And he, he used to come to a place where he felt that, that, he, he, that, that he, he had been close. He had a sense of God's presence in a way that he hadn't had necessarily in the middle of the town or whatever it was. And it wasn't so far away from the town. It was just... It is brilliant that people can do that sort of thing, and the, the people who've been involved in this uh, work, you know, John clearly is rooted in the in the it, well. I own it for one thing, but just in the in the, in the, in the west coast to, to a certain extent. The other guy, uh, Francie, is from from Ireland, and he's not got a background in the church, but he has this sense of place, and he was he was surprised that we asked him to get involved in this project. To be honest with you, but he. He, I own. I spoke to him in a way that he did not expect, and he. One of the poems uh, he, he is is about encounter. Well, he calls it encounter in the way to White Strand, and he meets another bloke. Well, somebody from the Irish community, actually. It's a beautiful, beautiful poem, and uh, place is just really, really. It has been, you know. I, I grew up with the Sams. The Sams are full of people talking about the hills or about being by the river. Or being finding a quiet place, or a place that's not so quiet, but is but is important. And I know that in, there are different communities within Iona, and uh, the people who have lived there all their lives, and for generations, have, have the families have lived there. And you know, there's the people who come just once in a while. But it's you know, it, that is an extraordinary place. It's also got extraordinary light, and John will say more about that. But, yeah. but I wonder, I wonder if I could just bring in the, the artistry for a second in these places that are thin um, and that that sense of you know what the artist is sensing do you know that Albert mentioned earlier about the sound of chords and that there's a kind of Celtic thrum in certain places in the world and and I can hear it and feel it just I feel it and 
is that the job of the artist, John? You, you look at that and you look at that light and part of God, it's your job to interpret that so that when other people look at the work, they can see those footprints. Do you think that's true? Yeah, and in fact, uh, mostly my paintings are about light, uh, and particularly Iona. Iona has got the clearest uh, air in the West Coast. The only other place I know is the same sort of quantity uh, of, of, of light is down in the north part of uh, Cornwall. And it's just pure light. And it's because there's no, there's nothing spoiling it. And Iona is the best for it though. I've been, I've been down to Cornwall a few times, but uh, for me, I, Iona is just incredible uh, for its light. And I sometimes think, is that, a, is that God doing something? <laughs> you know, you sort of think, is that, is that him or is it just physical? Uh, I think that physicality and spirituality are actually joined together. And I think that's why that light is like that for me. That's just my, my feeling uh, there. And uh, I've always said that the color of the water, uh, uh, if, if, if heaven is not as beautiful as that, I'll be really annoyed with God. <laughs> <laughs> but but do you know that one of the things about the pandemic which was i mean perhaps when we start to strip away all the ephemera and all the stuff and junk that we that we gather up round about is and our and our light and you know the artificial lights that lots of us uh live in one of the great thing a great thing yet in a terrible time and the pandemic was there were no airplanes in the sky mm-hmm. you could look up and there was just yeah. a perfect blue sky with clouds Mm-hmm. And you just notice that absence of sound. It, it was wonderful. And I was thinking as well when you were saying that about the pilgrimage, you know, there's that act of moving from one place to another place, which perhaps sets you up for the spiritual experience. But do we not also travel through time as well? Do we not also travel through a day? One of my favourite times to be close to God uh, were are at really bizarre times where I'm doing really bizarre and horrible things. So when I was an accident emergency doctor in the Vale of Leaven Hospital in uh, Loch Lomond, the helicopter pad at the Vale of Leaven Hospital or the upper car park, about four o'clock in the morning, five o'clock in the summertime, just as the sun was coming up over Ben Lomond, you could walk up there and it was completely still. And the madness that had gone before was kind of held in silence for a minute or you could kind of commune with God and then the rest of the day, it would then all become busy again. And the same thing when I'd be on call in Ayrshire for the police at night time, this madness on a Friday night and, you know, folk chucking things at each other and get folk getting stabbed and murdered and all sorts, you know, and I'm there all amongst that doing my, doing my wee bit. You're maybe, four, you're maybe driving back about four or five in the morning and just pull the car over. Or, you know, um, and I, in those days I had a, an open top car and just roll the roof back and just be. And you feel so close to God just as that sun comes up and that ground mist starts to clear. It's the most amazing time. And I, I personally feel so privileged to have seen those days born and then see the uh-huh. sunset at the other end of the day, travelling through time. It's such a blessing. Can I say something? Uh-huh. As, I, as I look here on my screen, I see a cross. I see a place and I see people in different places, but yet we've come into a presence 
which is another place. And our identity is in this space that I'm in, but it's now projected into this other space, this digital space, which becomes a holy space for many people. And over the last few years, I've been thinking about how the digital space can become a touching point for people, say, with communion. When we take communion together now, it's and, and I know that when we have a, these podcasts, there have been some holy moments where something quite wonderful has been happening as people have been talking. This space, this place, mm -hmm. is not just... It's about presence. And it's about God. And there's something in this internet stuff that we still haven't quite understood and we need to connect more with it and it's not frivolous and it's not empty and it's not lacking in identity or reality mm -hmm. there's a sense that this is one of these moments where it's time to take off your shoes take off your footwear because this is holy ground and uh, even though it's ethereal digital somewhere down the in the cloud uh, or in the telephone lines, the fibre lines between the kind of seven of us that are on the call. It's, it's, it's magical, but this is this is holy ground that we're sitting in, engaging in, encountering each other and being holy ground for those who will tune in when Absolutely. they're listening to us. Absolutely. I mean, dur during, during the pandemic, we had the, the Quayside thing, you know, the in Glasgow, the, every Sunday. Reflections at the Key. Reflections of Keyside, yeah. And then uh, Songs of Praise. And because we weren't getting to church or, you know, you weren't preaching or whatever it was, uh, every Sunday was just boring until that came on. And for me, some of the, I, was, I was crying sometimes yeah. because the music just got to me, whether it was a Keyside one or whether it was Songs of Praise. And you just, oh my goodness, that's just wonderful music. And the words were wonderful. I don't, I don't know whether it's because we were bereft of, of the, you know, singing and worshiping God, but it was, uh, it was just wonderful that actually it kind of, it kind of funneled, didn't it? It, it kind of funneled the whole thing uh, uh, right down. It's quite, quite interesting.
want to move this now from this presence now into community. Now, I want mm -hmm. to talk to Laura a little bit about this. Laura, in your professional life before you were a minister, you were very much involved in social community work and as a, a communications person for yes. a well-known a well-known brand which we won't yes. see but, <laughs> but you were about setting up community online to create community online yes and and, and it, you could create real and what we're trying to do in sanctuary first is create community online and you've been a great gift to us god sent us because you've come in with some of your experience to help us create the sanctuary first which is now becoming quite an interesting community it really is i know and that's that it's because uh, this is a uh, because this was something that i was wanting this to, to talk to angus about because uh, I, I find like community, like the creation, a community, you know, really exciting, and and also, you know, and it's the things that you do to sustain these communities as well, and and I just find the whole thing fascinating, um, and so like creating digital community, you know, I, I get so excited by that, but what I'm thinking is, is like I'm thinking, you know. Angus must have like some really, you know, great things he could be telling us about community because, you know, you've got the Iona community, but actually, you know, most of what happens, you know, is people are all over the world. You know the values you know like a sanctuary first and 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 actually what we want to share with people and how people have you know kind of really you know got into like what we're doing but angus what thinking about um iona you know how how uh, are you able to you know sustain you know that that feeling you know that 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 sense of place from iona to then but but you know, keep that kind of going round in the community that's all around the world. I, I mean, the, the Iona community was started in Scotland, and it was men. It was men training for ministry, and it was physical labourers, joiners, stonemasons that started the Iona community. But now the community, the bulk of its membership is south of the border in England and other members that are in America and Australia and New Zealand and all around the world. So it is very much a dispersed community. And it's fascinating because we're talking about we were talking about pilgrimage earlier and about going to a place, uh, but pilgrimage, going to Iona, there's always the reality you've got to come back, you've got to go somewhere else and how you sustain that community when you go away. Um, and what's been fascinating over the last, this is what's ringing lots of bells for me tonight, is that over the last two and a half years, the Ionia community has not been able to meet in person. So it's been meeting digitally for our annual gatherings, our plenaries, uh, and our small local family groups that are the kind of the bread and butter of how we continue community away from the island through the year. They've actually also moved online uh, and the, the wee group that I'm part of in West Central Edinburgh, we get some people that are particularly vulnerable in terms of their health just now. So mm -hmm. while other groups are actually back to meeting physically, we're actually still dispersed and meeting online because of the, the kind of health challenges that some of us are facing. 
but it's that mutual commitment to be with each other in terms of daily prayer and worship and that's one of the things that sanctuary first does in terms of the daily prayer and um, really just want to sort of pick up that uh, because that's been one of the things that have really been the basis for our daily prayer that we started now in one to one in the church offices as a dispersed community um, but also supporting each other in prayer committing to each other and being accountable and the, the other thing I really like about the Aruna community is it's not you sign up, you know, you can sign up for a political party or a political pressure group like Amnesty or Greenpeace and they take your money and, you know, it's up to you the extent to which you engage with it on an annual basis. But as a member of the Aruna community, and it's getting disturbingly close because I need to write my letter saying I want to continue as a member of the community for another year and here is how I've kept the rule over the last year. So you got to put that in writing mm. and send it in to a group of people that will look at it and you get a personalised response back. But what's harder is you actually have to share how you've been spending your money, how you've been doing your prayer and Bible study, how you've been working for change in the political world, for peace and justice and the integrity of creation. You've got to account for that face-to-face -face with other members. Um, and that's the thing that challenges me and it's kept me going through some challenging times you know family bereavements when my sister died at 26 when my mum died at 61 I'm now older than my mum was when she died uh, and it's that accountability and support that I get from the small community family groups and the wider community plenary when we gather together to share and worship mm -hmm. to talk about the issues that are of concern for the community so that's the kind of thing about it. That four parts of the rule and meeting and being held accountable and doing it every year. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there's something so active about that and so right about that. But the thing that always strikes me about the Sanctuary First community and, and, and all Christian communities are communities founded in, and infused by God um, is that's the engine that keeps them going. Um, when I was a student, the first time I ever heard singing in tongues was at the wee Baptist church in St Andrews. And I went along, I didn't know what to expect. I'd never heard anything like that before. And, and I was just standing there. And this is a community touch we got. And one person started to sing on one side and then another, and then another, and then another. And man, I thought I knew about harmony. I knew nothing about harmony until I heard the harmony straight from the spirit through these people's mouths. It moved all around me and inside me. It was the most amazing experience. Yeah, One of the spiritual moments of my life. Yeah. And that was God at work in the community. Do you know, you, Ian, you make me laugh here because I remember, you know, Jock Steen invited some of us out a few, many, many years ago as a young minister down to Carberry. Uh, and we're up in the library and Jock says, I think we should try singing in tongues. These are all churches calling guys. Tongues? What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> Jock is just such... Do you know, there's something wonderful about Jock. He's such an adventurer for God. He's a poet. He, he's a, a real poet. He's such an adventurer for God. He's an academic. He's a, you know, a polymath in many ways, but he's got this innocence of expectancy. You know, we can do this. You know, mm -hmm. and we ended up singing. I don't know whether we're singing in tongues or not, but... <laughs> Jock had his singing in harmony. 
And, you know... The thing about singing in tongues, it's such a kind of spontaneous event of the spirit that let's try stringing in tongues. <laughs> nothing to do with us. It's the Holy Spirit coming upon us. Yeah. We, can't, we can't get away from it. <laughs> but there's but, nothing wrong with... There's nothing wrong with longing for that to yeah. happen, is there? True, true. There's a winsomeness of a joke that, in his kind of enthusiasm, where he just throws these things out and says, "Let's try this." <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, listen, this has been such a wonderful time together this evening, eh, thinking about art, thinking about place and presence and community. It's been a joy for me to be here tonight. I feel so. You know, we've 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 all gained something from this tonight. And I, I, I know I was throwing out a wee a wee fishing net to Ian because he's usually up for stuff. And I said to him, "You don't have a song you could sing us." And he sends me back a message, "Nope." That's <laughs> 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 not even tuned. <laughs> I don't often get a nope from Ian. You know. <laughs> Can I tell you something? Can I sing you a wee song that has come up? that Ian and I wrote many years ago and it's about as we come up and think about Pentecost it starts off like this Dream on brother Dream on sister Dream on brother Brother dream on It starts as a fragile wind Burns and turns your soul until it goes like a hurricane, shattering all you know. And I know that they will leave you, and I know your dreams will flow. Faith is the time to take a vision and dream on, brother. Dream on, sister, dream on, brother, brother, dream on. Do you know what? I think that's what we've been doing tonight. In some way, we've been talking and sharing and thinking and trying to create an atmosphere for the church and those listening in to see that God's Holy Spirit is at work and the place of the artist is so important in the church. <clears throat> We need to make space for the artists and the creatives to come back into the life of the church. And and it's been such a privilege having you with us, John, and you also, Ken, with us, and you, eh, Angus, because you're all artists that have got something that you're contributing to the life of the church. And of course, Ian and, and Laura and I, we, this is a space that we're very comfortable in, but we long to see that space being enlarged. And that's what Sanctuary First is all about. How can we welcome the artists and the creatives in, into the life of the church in order that the Spirit of God might be revealed in a deeper way? So thank you for joining us. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for listening into Sanctuary First. You can continue to listen to the podcast like this if you go to the Sanctuary First website, www.sanctuaryfirst.org.uk or you can find us on Facebook under Sanctuary First or indeed you can download our app and again be able to listen to some of the music and the 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 prayers, the, the weekly and daily prayers that are there within the Sanctuary First, or indeed 
If you want to be part of our daily community of prayer, you can join us 7 o'clock every morning from 7 o'clock to 10 past 7. And Laura is usually is, is holding the flag for that on Facebook every morning at 7 o'clock. And I get a wee shot to come in on a Saturday morning. But you can be part of that community if you want every, every day. And Laura will welcome you. Yes, most definitely. Mm-hmm. And if you've got any problems, any medical problems, Ian is not <laughs> open for them. We don't take them on. But uh, spiritual problems, send them through to us. We're interested to connect with you. If you've got something you want to say to us, if you've been touched by this podcast, we'd love to hear from you. And we, we, we want to build a relationship with you. So thank you so much for listening to us and being with us. And for uh, the next podcast coming up in May, well, you'll just need to look out for it because it will be here the last Friday in May and the, the theme will be, will be worked out when that time comes. But until then, <laughs> have a good week. Bye. 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 Bye.